Among the 27 million people that have been infected with the novel coronavirus, around 19 million have recovered so far. And now we're hearing an increasing number of accounts from patients who are free from the virus but are now suffering from symptoms known as long-term effects. They include fatigue, erratic heartbeat, digestive issues, and brain fog, just to name a few. And patients with these long-term effects who call themselves long haulers express frustration uh, at the lack of information and resources available to them. And we're actually uh, very pleased to be uh, uh, joined by uh, somebody who can give us a personal account as well as some expert analysis on this, a uh, coronavirus long hauler herself, but also a social epidemiologist. Uh, Joining us from Lamar University is Professor Margot Gage Whitfield. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us, Professor. Uh, First, um, maybe if we can learn more about your personal story. I understand you took an initial test which hadn't been approved by the uh, FDA. It came back negative, but you, uh, as an expert yourself, had some doubts about this. Could you share your story about how you started developing symptoms and when you finally were confirmed to have COVID-19? Sure, yes. I traveled from Europe. Uh, in March, in early March, I r- arrived back in the U.S., and roughly 10 days later is when I started showing my first uh, symptoms, and that led me to the ER when my shortness of breath uh, became, you know, something that I couldn't handle anymore. Mm. In terms of... Uh you, you have recovered from COVID-19, at least uh, from the clinical sense, but the uh, idea of being a long hauler, can you tell us what that is exactly in terms of how you're dealing? I, I did list some of the uh, long-term symptoms that uh, remain, but how, how are you uh, feeling in terms of uh, what you feel with the long-term effects? So when they, I would say that the acute phase uh, is over, but completely recovered, definitely not. Mm. Uh, now I'm managing uh, some of the same symptoms that I had during the acute phase. So still have a sore throat, still having headaches, still having wind fogs. Uh, fatigue is a big problem and gastrointestinal issues as well. So uh, it's still a condition that I'm having to manage daily. In terms of... because it, it, it does seem like um, a very frustrating situation uh, for anybody to go through, but I, I can imagine because being an expert yourself uh, as a social epidemiologist and, and knowing more than the average layperson in terms of how to uh, deal with this and what generally are the trends when, when dealing with a, a, a disease uh, during a pandemic, it must be even more frustrating for people who, who don't have that uh, expert knowledge as well. How frustrating is it to have all these uncertainties about a disease that basically uh, nobody knows a lot about? Uh, it's absolutely frustrating, and especially for me because I had I was one of the first people in the state of Texas to get tested mm. uh, for COVID, and as you mentioned, it was a non-FDA approved test. So when my test came back negative, uh, I immediately thought it was a, a, a false negative, and I thought that because all of these other symptoms that I was having were being ignored. So 
I'm somebody who, you know, can navigate the health system and can, right. you know, stay up to date with the research and could talk with my health care providers. But I can definitely imagine that somebody who is less able to, to do those types of things, uh, it's even more frustrating. It was already frustrating for me. So I can only imagine what others are going through. Right. But at least being an expert, you have been able to start your own research for uh, basically to make up for the lack of information that has been available in terms of the long term effects of COVID-19. What have you been able to find out so far? That we are all experiencing a lot of the same neurological symptoms and that it's definitely not psychosomatic Mm. uh, what we are experiencing. There's a lot of physical Uh, aspects to it. So it's just atrocious that doctors are discounting some people as saying that this is just anxiety because it's definitely not. And a lot of the data is showing that a huge number of people are experiencing uh, the exact same issues. So and that's definitely not a coincidence. Right. So it's not psychosomatic. It's not some kind of PTSD uh, phenomenon. And and you you have like minded or at least people who are going through the exact same thing. You have talked about how you've been privileged enough at least to to keep up with the research and also uh, speak with your healthcare providers in terms of uh, the the right path forward. Uh, Have there been any consensus on on the types of treatments that have been uh, at least showing some efficacy to what you're going through? No, in America, uh, definitely not. Uh, the, the doctors are doing are treating the symptoms. So if you come in with a shortness of breath, for example, they're giving you oxygen therapy or putting you on an inhaler. I myself am on an inhaler. I'm not needing oxygen anymore mm. uh, at this time. Um, what you're seeing is that we're experiencing symptoms that are very much in line with ME or chronic fatigue syndrome. And a lot of that information for these patients is outdated. Uh, For example, they're telling you that exercise therapy works. uh, But what we are seeing and what is known is that exercise therapy can actually set you back Hmm. um, for days at a time. So, So we still have a lot of work to do on catching up with how best to help uh, COVID patients and also people suffering from chronic fatigue. Yeah, and it certainly does seem like a a challenge uh, in a situation like the United States where not everybody uh, would uh, have health care coverage that could uh, be suitable for some kind of long-term treatment plan. Uh, You've also argued, Professor, that sustainable uh, employment, at least having somebody physically able to work full-time hours in an office setting uh, for the long haul could be a major challenge for long haulers. Um, Could you elaborate on that? Yes, well, in the States, um, unlike in your country, um, our work, our insurance, our health care is very much tied to our employment. Right. So that's going to be a challenge if you're a long hauler, uh, because a lot of us can't work uh, and can't do what we did before. So that means we're going to be kicked off of our insurance. So it's very important for employers to get creative in order to keep us employed I'm lucky that my employer uh, has done this. Uh, I know of another person, for example, who would have to take naps uh, in between uh, on the job, and his employer would would accommodate him with that. So we're going to have to get creative in order to keep our economy running because this is affecting such a huge amount of people. 
Uh, obviously, uh, you can't you have ha- us all on disability. It's too expensive. And, and so I, I think um, that that is why elections matter and, and why people will go to the polls on November 3rd uh, with a lot of these issues uh, uh, top of mind, uh, especially with the coronavirus being perhaps the uh, single biggest issue that would motivate uh, voters either way in terms of who they select uh, to be their next president. But um, that being said, for the long haul and what you think is the right way to go. You talk about disability and and how uh, it is mainly an employment-based insurance scheme in the U.S. What would your recommendation be to the U.S. government, as well as governments all around the world and health authorities all around the world, in terms of uh, studying the long-term symptoms that you're going through, but at the same time also devising a policy that is going to be something that can keep the population healthy uh, throughout the uh, pandemic? I think one thing that we're going to have to do around the world is get on the same page, share information, perhaps have some centralized system where we can get up-to-date information instead of looking at Korea and seeing, oh, well, they're doing good in this and then seeing the Netherlands and what's happening. But, you know, one centralized uh, database, because what, we're, what we have now is, is, uh, is fractured uh, the system. I think in the States, uh, we need to catch up with the other high-income countries and make sure that everybody has health care, ideally not employment-based. Yeah, Korea recently, I I think you know as well, uh, has recently seen a resurgence in the number of coronavirus cases that has caused a lot of concern, some panic, uh, and even some criticism to uh, government policy here. I do try to remind my listeners that uh, even if the the daily new infections uptick to like 200 or, or even up to 300 per day, that is if you look at it, relatively speaking, that is probably a number that would be uh, perhaps a, a small town in Texas right now uh, suffering from um, maybe uh, that many cases in terms of new infections, in terms of the scale of this. That being said, uh, new infections are always going to be concerning for uh, a lot of these economies who have either had to impl- put in place social distancing measures or uh, lockdowns, as you point out, with the economic impacts of all of this. We're now into uh, what I guess estimated would be our ninth month uh, with the COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, we have millions of people now who uh, are going through what you're going through, uh, suffering from symptoms and now suffering from the long-term effects of that. What would be your final message to our listeners here in Korea who have also, uh, some of them, uh, been through this? And and what advice can you give? I would say stay up to date with your healthcare provider. So if there's something wrong with you, go to the doctor. Um, Definitely get under the care of a neurologist um, and have your organs checked because as we know, COVID affects the entire body. And with long haulers, that's something we're going to have to be going to our healthcare provider regularly. Um, Hopefully time will heal. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. something that we don't know yet. But just make sure you don't suffer alone in silence at home. Professor, we'll leave it there, but thank you very much for joining us and sharing your story with our listeners here and hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you for having me. Have a great rest of your day.